Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Victor Brooks Show Facebook Live Quarantine Series. And you see me looking down here. I'm learning how, thanks to Wendy and so many others, I'm learning how to do my watch party. And uh, I'm starting this watch party as we speak. Um, and uh, welcome back. If you were with us uh, uh, earlier today, we had... Uh, one of uh, hip hop's originals, you know, with us, uh, brother OG Kid Frost, and a hip hop original LA native who joined us and told his incredible story. Just of, just, you know, I know we have to have a part two, and I'm so glad that he uh, uh, said he'll be back with us to, to talk on the part two of his journey. But we had an incredible conversation of his artistry, of, uh, Growing up in LA, how he started uh, as uh, through his career with pop locking and the whole uh, right into the journey of his of his of his rap career, uh, over 50 million copies sold of his of his work over the years, and uh, it brought him to be considered by millions, including myself, as uh, the godfather of Chicano hip hop, Chicano rap. Um, once again, welcome back. And, uh, you know, every show, I always give my respect where respect is due. Um, we're, it's no secret to any of us that we are living in a situation uh, in our lifetime that many of us never thought we would, you know? And I'm talking primarily about the two viruses that we are dealing with in our lifetime right now. Um, of course, the coronavirus, which many of us, uh, it's affected our lives in a lot of ways, some more than others. Um, it's kept us home, you know? It's given us something to maybe pause and think about in our lifetime. And um, it, it, it also is accompanied with that second virus of racism that is generational. You know, and unfortunately, it's been here and it's like bad luggage. It just never left, you dig? And um, it's, 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 uh, it's that dual virus that we're dealing with, which just makes me want to, you know, that's why the whole reason that myself and my brother Christopher Brooks, my sister Julie McKnight, and our, our wonderful baby girl, Wendy Vaughn, have come together to produce this, this getaway in a lot of ways. For, for, for all of us, calling it the positivity posse, you know? And it's no way that, I, that, that we're trying to ignore the seriousness of what's going on in the world right now. You can't ignore it, you know? And it's no way to try to disrespect the, the, the intensity of, of, of what's happening in our, in our world right now. No, it's not. It's just a way to say, hey, with everything going on, we can always find something to be positive about. We can always find something to smile about, you know? We can, and, and, and something about, and I'm biased because I am an artist, but it's something about the power of art. It's something about the power of a song, of a, of a poem, of a, of, of a painting, of a dance, you know, of comedy. It's something with artistic expression that can bring a joy when it seems like there's nothing to be joyful about. And that's all we're here to do, is to bring that positivity as much as we can. And I, like I always like to say too, I know we're not CNN, we're not, uh, 
the big boys, you know? We're just a small show here on Facebook that loves to, to, to just share our positivity in whatever way we can bring it. We hope you get some of it, you know? I want to thank our doctors, our nurses, our EMTs, uh, our grocery store workers, our sanitation workers, you know? Our postal workers, our delivery people, our truck drivers. Um, you know, all of these are people that since the beginning of this corona have been people who tried to make our lives as comfortable as it can be. And we thank you for that. We thank you for that, y'all. You know, we give that respect where respect is due on the Victor Brooks Show. Um, I also, because of this second virus and the voices that are being heard right now, I want to give it up much respect to our protesters, you know, who are protesting in their way. You know, the protesters who are saying, hey, look, we got something to say out here. We're either tired of it or we, we want to change or whatever your protest is of this, um, of this element and this climate right now. I want to thank you for spreading your voice. Hey, you know, I always say, get angry, say something. Do something. If you want to be confused, uh, 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 be joyful, uh, be hopeful, uh, say, I'm tired of this. Whatever your protest is, say something about it. And my generation and older, we got to give it up, as a lot of us already are doing, to our younger generation who pretty much led this fight this particular time on 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 speaking out on 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 I'm tired of this you know I got I have something I've got to say um, in their in 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 their new generation uh, uh, minds hearts and soul I want to thank you all for that and especially once again our young artists y'all I can't wait to see and to feel what this art what this period of our life the art that's going to come out of this, you know, especially from my younger artistic generation. Ah, much respect, y'all. And it reminds me of, um, of, uh, of, of, of many of the, 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 the poets over the years, the, the protest singers and songwriters and artists of, of over, you know, over history that had something to say. And as you see behind me right here, this Watt Stacks poster, I always, I keep it there for not just because I, I'm from Memphis, you dig? It's not just because of a promo journey. This Watts stacks in its own right. Come on, right after the Watts riots, you know, in the late 60s and when Watts stacks took over the LA Coliseum and it brought together the, the singers and the musicians and the artists, uh, the staple singers, uh, the incredible, powerful Barquets, Luther Ingram, uh, Rufus Thomas, you know, and then Isaac Hayes closed the show. In between the 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 the, the performances that you see are are vignettes of, of 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 conversations within the community in Watts at that time, and this was a healing and continued to be a healing. Uh, we can't forget also involved in this movie was that powerful "Peace Be Still" by my sisters, the Emotions. I mean, this song I'm, I'm seeing it all over Facebook now, even today, and Instagram. Uh, the performance of that song, Peace Be Still, by the emotions in this particular show, still stood the test of time and is healing us all. Thank y'all. Today, ladies and gentlemen, um, it, it's, it's an honor. 
it's an honor and it's I'm excited. It's a privilege because uh, I have family here with me today. Um, I'm talking about, uh, before he comes on screen, I'm talking about uh, Mr. Chris Willis. Chris Willis, y'all, I'm going to go introspective here. You see, on the, if you don't see here on the wall, I also have a picture of Marvin Gaye. I call this my inspiration corner, you know. But I have Marvin there, and over my life growing up, I had so many, uh, like so many of us do, uh, musical influences, people that I loved and cherished, their vocal stylings, their delivery, their interpretations. Um, you know, many of you who know me know that big Donny Hathaway fan. Of course, I mentioned Marvin fan. Uh, you know, so many. The list goes on and on. But uh, I, over my life, at 55 years old, it, I'm proud to be able to say that's I add Chris Willis to that list of musicians and artists, and especially singers, that I give much respect to. Chris Willis has a way in his music of delivering that interpretation that makes you feel what it is that your soul is calling for. You dig? Some people call it ministry. Other people call it uh, that, that musical connection. Well, whatever you call it, it's there. And I remember the first time, and I will talk about this as we get into the conversations, that I heard Chris when he was like maybe 12 years old or so. And from that point, I knew this brother right here, he's one of the ones, you know? And so let me give you a little bit like I always like to do, the inside of the people we're bringing on before I bring, it, bring on Brother Chris. Um, one-time gospel singer Chris Willis is best known as the powerful voice and songwriter behind the majority of French producer David Guetta's chart-topping club anthems. Born and raised in Dayton, Ohio, Willis began singing in a quartet with his brothers and sisters at his local church. After graduating from college, he toured with a gospel group that performed hundreds of gigs all across California and contributed to the popular compilation Handel's Messiah, a soulful celebration, a true classic. In 1996, he released his self-titled debut album, a collection of self-pinned spiritual songs, which earned a nomination for Best R&B Album at the Nashville Music Awards. Right on, Chris. This award that he received was supported by Amy Grant, CeCe Winans, Dolly Parton, Dusty Springfield, Shania Twain. Also, Chris' studio backing vocals was, was, it was part of his journey as well. Christian comedian Mark Lowry uh, also appeared in normal, Norman Miller's musical showcase, Emmanuel. While working with French boy band 2B3, right, out of France, he was introduced to David Guetta, the DJ. David Guetta, who invited him to record at his Paris studio. While at the studio, the pair co-wrote a series of tracks that would later become worldwide hit singles, including Just a Little More Love, Love Don't Let Me Go, and Love Is Gone, anthems within this house dance electric community. After performing with, with Guetta on his One Love tour, they scored a UK number one alongside Fergie and LMFAO. Within Getting Over You, with Getting Over You, the single Willis was that Willis released his debut pop album, 
Inside Voice in 2011, which delivered his first Billboard number one, his first Billboard number one on the Hit Dance Club Songs chart. Based in Atlanta, Chris and his wife, Jake, live happily together with their beautiful daughter, Avalon. And on that note, please welcome my brother, Chris Willis. Applause, applause, applause. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Chris, thanks for coming, man. Oh, man, thank you to you. It is a pleasure and an honor and a joy to be here on your show. Right on, Chris, right on. I, I know I'm an extreme, I thought I was an introvert, but oh. I found out later that I'm an ambivert, which is like oh. I found out a mixture of extrovert and introvert. So I know with a lot of, you know, I go into a shell sometimes. Does that happen to you, man? Oh, absolutely. In fact, I'm going to do some research on that term because I think it totally suits me. I'm very <laughs> much an introvert. I have always been. I've been at war with that because I always admired extroverts and I always wanted to be that outgoing, like bubbly. And, and the beauty of the stage is that I get a chance to play that part. But when the show's over, when I'm back in the States from the plane, I just, I'm in my cocoon. I'm in my zone. If it's a studio or a gym or just, I love my quiet, private, alone. Time. Oh man, it's nothing like it. I call it my <laughs> refueling time, you Absolutely. know? <laughs> Recharge. Recharge. Yeah. You know Chris, I'm going all the way back, brother. I mentioned it in the, in the intro of hearing you for the first time. And I believe if I'm correct, it was at the Dale Wright Memorial Church in Germantown, Ohio. Uh, the Wright family, you mm, know. You're going back I, to the roots. Had a thing, you know? And I remember, <laughs> um, brother, the, the, specifically the Willis family, your mm -hmm. blood, and my heart, my love, Annie Lane, man, oh, your, yeah. you know, your aunt, she, she was so influential to a lot of us, man. When you go back and think of those mm -hmm. times, what, what comes to your mind as, as a growing artist at that time? Uh, it, it's, it's like there's two major volumes that, of heritage on that obviously the Dale Wright Memorial Church, but my father and his siblings, which is my Aunt Elaine was his sister, um, they come from a rich choral heritage yeah. that you know, was instigated by my grandfather. Um, everyone, if you talk to my, my aunts and uncles and cousins, we all remember the corral in Buffalo. Right. Gotcha. Um, you know, with the whole industrial migration from the South, you know, most of my grandparents' family is from North Carolina, but they okay. all moved to Buffalo during that industrial kind of shift. And Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo is where that thing happens. And, and then there's the steep, you know, Adventist tradition because we were all raised in the Adventist church several generations. So that combined with, you know, when my parents started having kids, they both graduated. Well, they both attended Oakwood College. They migrated to Ohio. And that's how we landed in the Dale Wright Memorial family. Ah, gotcha. So, yeah. Okay. Okay, and that whole, I remember, man, your father, and you're right, that the whole Willis generationally, man, yeah. of music. I mean, I mean, going all the way back, I remember my uncle Charlie Brooks back in like the, the what we call the old Oakwood yes. days, the original Oakwood days. Yes. The Willis family, man, was one of those original sounds that just, you know, I mean, how could you, know? it's in your blood, it's in your DNA, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And strangely enough, I'll add a third aspect to that. My mom's, my mom's family, my mom's mother did her Carnegie Hall debut. This was before she converted to Adventism. Wow. 
So okay. there was, there's just music on both sides of my family. Look at that Carnegie Hall. Yeah, she did her Carnegie Hall debut. I think we're talking late 30s, early 40s, which is rare for what? an African-American woman at that time. She was following under the, the, the path of Marian Anderson, yes. who was classically trained. So there's that classical, choral, harmonic. Uh, and then my mom grew up playing the piano. So I remember my mom playing the piano. I was like, oh, I want to do that. I want to move the keys. I want to do that thing. So I took up the piano. So I've got the singing and the choral history from my dad. I've got the choral history from my mom and piano playing. And then boom, you put that all together and you get Chris Willis. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. And, and, many, and many other members of my family too, of course, Brian and Claude and, and oh, yes. uh, my sister Katrina. There's, just, there's music. It's in the genes. You're, you're so right. Oh, man. You know, and I'm glad you brought because we want to make it clear. Ani Lane, man, as you mentioned, she is the mother of Claude McKnight, yes. Take Six, and Brian McKnight, the hugely game changer of the 90s. Yeah. Then, um, you know, with, with, with some of you growing up, brother, who are some of your vocal influences outside of the family? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> you know, that's the funny thing about growing up in a house with music is my parents chose to expose us to all kinds. So we got Andre Crouch and the Disciples. We got the Hawkins family. We got, you know, obviously the groups that my dad was singing because my dad and my mom were involved in music. So I enjoyed that. We, there's a little special blend in there. This was pre-6. Yeah, you- <laughs> um, yeah, there's James Cleveland. There's, and then when I began to curate and collect my own music, the Winans, um, and then... On the soul side, I mean, back in those days, in the early, you know, the late 70s, you know, I was born in 68. So there was the Shy Lights. There was Gladys Knight and the Pips. There was yeah. Quincy Jones and yeah. Body Heat and all these soul <laughs> singers. And, you know, and I really was, it was a struggle because I, as much as I love the gospel, I love the soul and the blues and the pop music, too. So yeah, that's right. Something of, was calling you in there. Oh, like, man. Just you know? there was there were through lines and connections. And there's the things that the gospel acts were doing that appealed to the soul acts. And you could see that the soul acts pulled what they pulled and performed from the church. So there was that connectiveness too, the fibers. There you go, man. That's powerful. And it's real, you know? Yeah. And there's a lot of times you hear a lot of the documentaries and, mm. and people who say, you know, the greats, hey, we started in church. You know, mm. we, started, we started in the choir. Or we started here. Yeah. I can't wait till we, you know, do you remember your first um, public performance, I should say, or your yes. first time that you jumped on stage? It was a that total was disaster. <laughs> Because it was a family, it was the right family reunion. And my dad just had just taught my brothers and sisters and I to sing in four-part harmony. It's a song called Yes, He Did. And it was in a tent, you know, it was like a Friday night service. And this was our big like performance. And I don't know why, but midway through the song, we were all in tears. I mean, we may have finished the song, but for some reason, and you know how that happens when one person starts crying, the other one starts That's crying. Right. I think we were just nervous. There was a lot of nerves, but it was a disastrous performance. <laughs> but we kept at it. We kept singing. We kept, you know, developing this harmonic blend and, you know, following in the footsteps of special blend. And then later, yes. I also discovered the Winans and Donny Hathaway and right. Stevie Wonder and Michael Jackson and Jeffrey Osborne and James Ingram. And I knew I was going to be one of those ebony crooners. That was my calling. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so. Oh man, see, see, and how old were you then, man? Do you remember like roughly oh, age, er, like er, early teens? You know, so by that time, when I started really 
you know, kind of learning the piano and singing for myself, I was probably junior high or high school. So 14, 15, 16. And then it was really beginning to be a thing because we were in church every weekend. You know how it was. We were just, there's no choice. You're in church. And while we were there, because we were participating in music, it not only gave us something to do, but it was, that was where I cut my teeth. That was how I learned to sing and to perform and to really tune into, you know, the preacher says, okay, at this time, we're going to have a special music and that the butterflies fill up and you really kind of pull yourself together and you learn to deliver a song. And then by the time the meditation comes in, that's a whole nother song you choose. And then the appeal. Mm, you, <laughs> and so you, you broke just, it down, Chris. You broke yeah, it down. You just learn how that flow happens. And I've used that curve to the, I use that curve to this day. This, this, the beginning, you know, you warm them up, you build up to that peak and then you bring it down to that appeal. So I learned that in church. There you go, man. That's right. And you know yeah. what? I, I and you you've given me a flashback also, brother, of another <laughs> thing that it's like what you're saying is we, you know, when you mentioned us growing up in the Seventh-day Adventist church and 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 I and so many, if you don't mind, I, I'm I'm gonna you you push the button for me to get introspective here real quick. That's all and right. I, you know, as y'all know, man, you know, I love I don't always like to just, I don't call these interviews. I call them conversations, man, because mm, there's a, I love that. you know, there's a respect of delivery that it's not just all lights, camera action on, you yeah. know, to make the person feel, you know, oh, no, but we're, we're all in this journey together. And, and one thing that you just mentioned that I respect so much because I understand it is that growing up Seventh-day Adventist and then realizing through my journey that oh, wait a minute, I'm an artist as well. And then you start growing into your sense of artistry. You start growing into your sense of, well, what am I going to do with this? You know, mm. what am I going to, how am I going to, and of course, the, 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 um, the I, how can I say, the, the priceless foundation that I, that I received of growing up under so many incredible Seventh-day Adventist musicians who were there to help mold my foundation as mm-hmm. first time, like you mentioned, first time to sing in public, first time to, to, to sing actually in church and like Gail Jones Murphy in Memphis oh, or Merritt no. Dawson and out of, out of Memphis, um, uh, uh, my uncle Charles Brooks, my mom Sandra Brooks, my father, and it goes mm-hmm. on and on. But there did, be, there did come a time in my life Brother Chris, where, and I don't believe I've ever shared this before, because I can say I am an ambivert, and I've, I've lived under the wire so much in a lot of past years, but I've, there was a time where my artistry, growing up as an art, an art a religious artist, started <laughs> to kind of like uh, bang heads with the more outside of the box feeling or calling of my artistry, meaning what a lot of church says, the worldly mm-hmm. aspect. It took me into the clubs. It took me into the juke joints of Memphis and Mississippi. Mm. It, I started to experience this other side of my artistry that I soon began to understand I was also blessed to be able to experience as well. But it came with its ups and downs. I remember watching Aretha Franklin where she said, oh yeah, the church just almost turned me Turned, turned away from me. Sam Cooke said the same thing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because I was no longer doing religious music or church music. And it did something to me for a while. There was a healing that I had to get through. There was a realism of self that I had to get mm-hmm. uh, 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 in check with. Did you feel any of that in your journey, Brother Chris? Oh, absolutely. 
Wow. Absolutely. Um, it was one of the things where I kind of woke up and it was happening. It wasn't, I, you know, I'll tell you, the, one of the first elements of that was when I was working with David in France. And we were just kind of sitting around, they were looking on the computer and they found my gospel music. And it was almost like they knew who I was before I got there. And it was like, oh, that was an awakening. Um, <laughs> and then I was kind of feeling like, oh, what if, what if the gospel people hear it? You know, don't put my name on it or don't, I don't want, I'm not ready for that. And then they were like, are you serious? I mean, how many records did you sell? I sold maybe about 25,000 units with that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as I look back, one of the smartest things I could have ever done was not to say that it didn't matter, but to embrace both worlds, you know, to embrace my history in the gospel world and, and not disown it, but to also embrace the fact that I'm on the precipice of achieving one of my major dreams, and that is global success, you know, have a global impact. It just so happens that it came in this, you know, house music, dance music package, which, by the way, I knew absolutely nothing about. Okay. I was so focused on gospel, and that was so much what I wanted to be and how I felt I was called to do, that when the first and second deals fell apart, I couldn't understand, well, why? why? This, was, this is my calling. This is what I'm supposed to be. Why isn't it happening? And it wasn't until I detoured and got busy doing background singing and singing on everything and giving myself permission, you know, embracing that kind of rejection that comes from being dropped from a label, embracing that as freedom. It was that moment that I embraced the idea of, I'm gonna just explore and sing and write whatever comes out. Because I realized, you know, at, in that moment, I grew up in a house where all that music was in my head and it yeah. just all happens. I can pretty much hear and play and sing everything I can hear. So why not take advantage of all of that? But when the, you know, when the rubber met the road, when it was time to release this song in this mainstream music, I was bracing for this, oh, fallout, judgment, criticism. Yes. You know, if you're not singing for God, you're going to hell, that sort of mm -hmm. feeling. And it took me a while to, to reconcile that. And I don't know if it came out, came to me, verbally until I started reading some of the comments on YouTube and some of the videos. Oh, I wish Chris would come back to God. I wish Chris would, gotcha. would come back to gospel. And that felt like a whole lot of daggers coming at me. Mm -hmm. Like as much as I felt that I was being true to myself and being true to my gift and being true to my God, because I shifted from being gospel to more mainstream, in the eyes of others, it looked like I had abandoned my faith. Gotcha. Oh, bravo. I, I wholeheartedly understand. I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> I, I, and, and as we say, I felt that, you yeah. know, and I see from the lineup here, so many others are feeling this too. <laughs> that you just, you know, your openness and your directness, man, you know, mm. that, that uh, it was, so I, I would venture to say that once you stepped into or out of that box, mm. then you started what? That was a growth of artisticness that happened. What did you find yourself writing and experience or, or even being introduced to this part of your artistry now? Like, what was that journey about? Oh, I love this question. That journey was about me embracing the fact that we raised in the church are that, raised in the church, but we are also other things. We are human. We have human experiences. We identify and connect with people 
on a human level. And I don't think it is a dismissal or a disgrace to God to express that in song. Right, right. So, so ultimately what I chose to do, and if you read, if you listen, if you really listen, if the people really listen to the songs, I'm really doing this, I'm saying the same message in a different form. Um, just a little more love, just a little more love, just a little, just exactly. a little more love, just a little more peace. Who did, what song in church isn't about love and peace? It's <laughs> all it takes to live the dream. Martin Luther King, I Have a Dream. Yeah. It's, it's a play yeah. on that speech. To yeah. walk hand in hand, got to understand. Understanding and all thy getting, get understanding. It's a verse from Proverbs. And one day soon, we'll live in harmony. It's about harmony. And that's, these are all precepts that come straight from the church and from gospel, but they're put into a social context. That was the very first song we released with David. And the songs afterwards were about love and relationships. And, you know, the journey we are all in with the relationship with God, but also in the relationship with others. So yeah. I took that as an opportunity to just, you know, if, if I were talking to someone on a dance floor or in a club or at home or in a relationship, what would I say? Yeah. And these are the yeah. things I set to music with the work that I did with David. Much respect, Chris. Right on, Thank brother. You. Right on, man. <laughs> and you know what? When we so when you when you when you became, when you started to to realize, you know what? Wait a minute. I have something to say that's mm. that's um, uh, it caters to the religious crowd, caters to the club crowd, caters to human existence. Period. Right. So you're now in France, right? And you're there with. <laughs> Well, did you did you go to France with Geta, or were you there working on something else? Right. So I, I my first trip to France, I accompanied Two B Three, which at the time they were like the biggest boy band in France. They were selling major okay. records. They were really good okay. looking, and all the girls loved them, and they were awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I was there to promote their English English album, which okay. I had the 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 pleasure to produce with Desmond Child. Desmond Child invited me to produce that project in mm -hmm. Miami. Uh, and at the time, Desmond was producing Ricky Martin, he was producing That's Clay right. Aiken and, and everyone. Yeah. I mean, it was just a, a huge honor to be in the room with Desmond and that he trusted me to yeah. take these three boys and teach them how to sing in English. When we got there, they released the album and it totally alienated their bass, if I may say. That okay. May, it may not be the truth. Because it was in English and their bass was all French. Okay. And so the album bombed miserably. It was really just a disappointment. But while I was there, they introduced me to David. They knew him because, you know, they had reached that height of celebrity. And at the time, David and his wife, Kathy, were, at the time, were the king and queen of the nightlife. So everybody knew. They were pretty much a household name in France. I had no idea that that was what was happening when I was introduced to David. When I saw him, I was like, oh, is this guy in the velvet shirt with the sparkly <laughs> Is this another producer that's going to beat me up in the studio? Because at that point, my, my experience in Nashville, some of the sessions in Nashville was like, oh, can you sound like, can you sound like Brian McKnight? Can you sound more like Seal? Can you sound more like Lenny Kravitz? It was like, but what about my voice? So there you go. The next day, we wrote Just a Little More Love, and I wrote it. It just kind of came out. It wasn't, it didn't really, it was the, probably the fastest song ever written. It was so short, it was so brief, and it was one chorus, and I sang it. And they were literally cheering in the studio when it was over. And I was like, wait, you don't want me to do another verse? You don't want me to do another chorus? I mean, they were, no, no, this is awesome. It's a hit. It was awesome. <laughs> so that affirmation was amazing to feel, you know. Great, great, so, great. and that was the door that opened for multiple trips back and forth to okay. France. I didn't actually move okay. there. I just, they invited me, re-invited me to do more work. That first song was the number one song in France, but that was maybe three or so months later. I get this call from David. 
hey, Chris, this is David. We have the number one song in France. And it, he must have been <laughs> shocked and appalled by my silence because I couldn't believe that what I was hearing. Um, so I was quiet, but it was everything I'd always dreamed of and imagined. It was happening right then. And it was just like, yeah. whoa, like everything I prayed about, everything I wanted to happen, every wish, you know, it's that dream you want to have a song Yes, hit an entire country. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, I'll never forget the time <laughs> on one of my trips back, and I'll shut up. But, um, no, I was in the car please. on the no, way to the airport, uh, on the way from the airport to wherever we were going to write, and I heard this song on the radio. It was one of my songs on the radio, and that's your dream. Like, I want to hear, I want to get in the car, and I want to hear my song on the radio. And there you go. And there it was <laughs> happening. So, so many of my firsts, so many of my dreams came true in France through those right. collaborations with David Guetta and Joachim Garraud, who was the genius behind all the music and the production and engineering. So it was the three of us, and we're all exactly the same age, born in the same oh, year. Oh, man. And Chris. I think a lot of things happen in threes, so that's, yes, a, whole nother, yes. that's a whole nother podcast. But Man, that but, story um, is beautiful, and I know it's so many musicians, because <laughs> we have folk... Uh, uh, 17 at 7 from France. Thank you for joining us today. She has Astrid as one of the most incredible jazz foundations oh, there okay. in France. And she's on just giving thumbs up to your whole story. You hey, know? Yeah. yes. My heart, I have a huge heart for France. I mean, so many, I, I walked those streets so many years just yeah. thinking and praying and just so many beautiful experiences right on, happened man. for me there. So, Chris, when did you, when did you feel that, you know what, my style, my Chris Willis style is, um, are, you, are, did you, are you still in development of it? Do you feel like you've accomplished what you want to accomplish? Because I mean, going back to myself, I know I have a style, but I want, I'm evolving in a style that I found is mine later before. Wait, did that make any sense? <laughs> I found my <laughs> yeah. style at yeah. one point in my life, but there's still an involvement of expression that that I find myself uh, positively, I look at it as a positive, to keep evolving in the expression of my style, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. But what, what's your journey is finding that Chris Willis style? Good question. Uh, you know, there's so many wonderful terms, style, sound. I feel, I feel like one of the things that happened with the collaboration with David and Joachim was just that. I found a sound. Gotcha. Um, and it was a combination of things. It was obviously my vocal and what I bring to my, the way I say things, the way I sing. There was a harmony. There was harmony stacking. That was one of my favorite things to do, stacking multiple times. And they, they embraced that. Okay. Uh, and then it was David's taste for you know music for the nightlife and music for the clubs but it was also joachim and his the production and the sound that's happening with the music so one of the things i love about top lining or writing to tracks is finding my voice what what i can do with with in the spaces of the yeah. track mm -hmm. so that in a sense is a sound and what i find more interesting now than be, then is that I think the sound for male singing has shifted in, in many ways because I grew up singing, you know, dreaming of singing like Jeffrey Osborne and James Ingram and you know, Sam mm -hmm. Cooke and all those soulful, mm -hmm. gutsy, chesty, yeah, yeah. belty voices. Mm -hmm. um, and what I find sometimes is, at least now in, in, the, in the, the 2020s, there's been a shift. There isn't as much of that belty, gutsy singing. Gotcha. So the challenge I face is, okay, should I still be doing that when that isn't necessarily the trend? 
and as I'm thinking that thought, I get calls to sing on songs and I end up just doing that singing, belty, strong, chesty. And it seems to be what, what people like. So I'm kind of torn. Is, it, is yeah. it my sound? Am I doing this because people like it? Or am I doing it because it's me? Right. It's, because, it's because who I am. And, and yeah. if that's not what people like, should I change myself? So I'm kind of in that place right now. But all that to say, I'm enjoying all of that. I, okay, I love gotcha. it. I love it when a producer or a DJ comes and says, hey, I want you to sing this song. Gotcha. And that's an opportunity for me to sing and to give my voice and to play with it. You know, if a track is really up on like the 128, I know there's going to be a, a bouncing on the particular beat. And the, but some of the tracks I've gotten are down in the 120s, 140s, mm -hmm. one, excuse me, one, uh, one sep, one, mm -hmm. 110s. Mm -hmm. And that gives me the ability to do a different, maybe a lower sound. Gotcha. And so, for those of yeah. us, when he's quoting the numbers, those are the BPM, oh, BPM the right. per minute, you know, it's how fast this song is going or the, the tempo, the feel of it. And Chris, man, you know, I, I'm looking at one thing I remember um, about my introduction into house dance electric music was through mm -hmm. my sister, Julie McKnight. Oh, yes. And um, it, one thing I remember and still to this day that I respect about it is the positivity. Mm. of this music mm. all right and you here with the whole positivity posse crew around mm. the world listening to this this is our thing we're about that positiveness you know that upbeat that 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 make you smile make you understand life is cool life is going to go on not mm -hmm. disrespecting that it's negative out here mm -hmm. and that negativity is powerful but mm -hmm. we feel that positivity is a little more powerful than negativity, as long as we give it its due. And I've yeah. always felt that from that music style. You know, would you agree that that's oh, that absolutely. foundation of dance? I, I do. I, that's the, and that's the part that I love about it. I love that it, it, there's a movement, there's a, there's a vibration that's an up positive vibration. That's one of the things I love about electronic dance music, because whatever mood that you're in and whatever is being sung on the track, if you know if you give in to the beat if you give in to the rhythm if you give in to the melody or you find yourself screaming to the top of your voice what's right. being sung you will be changed there you go that's right you will be changed yeah. one way or the other you go <laughs> i love that i love when that happens that's right so chris you are you're, you're married please tell tomorrow's father's day yes. happy father's day my brother please Thank tell you. us about your family man Oh man, family is everything. It it is. It's been a dream of mine since very young. Okay. And to be able to have realized that dream with the love of my life, and to have come through that dream, that process. We we went through the IVF process, which was very hard and very painful. Um, but to come out with the gift, the lottery win, the beautiful golden child. It's just, Come on. it's been everything. It's meant everything. It's been an amazing shift in my life because I've spent most of my life as a single person traveling the world. And so when you become married and have a, and have a family, that shift in and of itself is dramatic. It's, it's night and day. It's a night and day difference. It's everything is not just my own. It's our own. So and yeah. I, I'm a sharer. I, I'm a carer. I love the opportunity to give and to share and to care. And I'm constantly, if anything, I'm evolving as a person, maybe not as much in my voice, but, um, and that's what I'm enjoying now. And, you know, marriage and family, if anyone out there understands, it's, it's a beautiful thing, but it always comes with its challenges. Ooh, yes, and, it does. Um, 
And I am just so grateful that I'm here. I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful to be a father and to be a husband in this time, in this space. And we're just taking every day as it comes and, and pursuing joy in all things. And Come on, man. Pos my positivity posse, I know, is standing up doing the L.A. wave. <laughs> after that right because that's what it's about chris yeah, you know me yeah. uh you know i'm looking at this some of them say yes we're going nuts they're, they're like oh, feeling good. this positivity <laughs> man and i have a kenny anderson thank you for coming on man one of my mentors in journalism him and and david person and robbie booker's here uh we see uh ari Pierre says chris willis is one of the best voices of my lifetime oh. From high school days to the first album to the work with DG, Thank you. his voice is sheer emotional uplifting. Now, if that ain't positivity, y'all. Oh, yes. <laughs> Thank you. When you hear that, does that give you a gasoline or fuel, brother, in a lot of ways? Absolutely. Adrenaline rush. Like, I feel like I just injected a shot of adrenaline. It never gets old. I never get tired of hearing that kind of affirmation that comes from people. It's just the hugest aha from God that I'm in the right place, I'm doing the right thing. And um, people are being touched and moved by the sound that comes out of my body. It's just- Yes, that's right, that's right. You know, and I believe- Gratitude. Oh man, gratitude. And it makes those, Chris, you mentioned France and Brazil, it's Brazil for me. Your mm. France is my Brazil. Oh, yes. Where from I love my Brazil. I feel you. Oh, I feel you. I feel you. Muito obrigado, minha família brasileira, por sua tempo. Eu adoro Brasil. Adoro sua coração. Adoro sua alma. Muito obrigado. Muito respeito, Brasil. Brother, it reminded me, Chris, when you said the dark times and i'm saying this with a smile i remember when my dark times hit and it's a positivity y'all check me out with the reason that i can smile on it is because of my dark times in my life period a smile positivity was the furthest thing from mm. my expectation you dig and i know a lot of people understand and you know Vic, i'm gonna keep it real that it was that journey but the reason i can smile that i'm smiling right now mm. is because that was then this is now mm. and i'm here to talk to one of my favorite people as well as one of my favorite singers who is enjoying his, you know, his journey and his life and shared his realism through his dark moments that take that took him to now. And I've, I've seen now that so many now are, are really high-fiving on this as well. I believe that that's what our journey as artists is supposed to be, man. I believe, I know Marvin Gaye said, um, the artist pays the price so we don't have to pay if we would only listen to what we have, if what they have to say. Mm -hmm. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, and I remember I Nina Simone and so many said, it's our duty as an artist. We'll take the bumps and bruises. We'll, we'll go through those dark moments, you know. We'll, 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 we'll feel like tomorrow will never come. But if we're able to come out of that, we got to write about it. We got to paint picture about it. We got to do a dance about it. And that's what I'm here coming from you, brother. That's what I'm here. Absolutely. I, I live for those moments of realization, rel, rel, uh, revelation and realization, because you're right. It, it's, there's so much darkness 
at times inside and out. And the beauty is that we have been given the task of articulating yeah. that process of reconciliation, that process of emancipation. Come on. Now. To put it into music in a way where the listener can put that lyric on and feel it and use it to get through whatever they're yeah. going through as well. There you go. Well, Chris, speaking of that note and everything <laughs> that's happening out here in the streets right now, brother, like I keep saying, it's undeniable. And we, we don't try, we're not trying to ignore it. We're just, we know it's happening, but all through the journeys generationally, through the marches in Selma, through the wall mm. falling in Germany, through, from the slave ship, all the way mm -hmm. down to this Wilshire and, and Hauser just yesterday, protests are oh. going on. But music has been a part of this journey, man. Mm -hmm. And I know the Afro-American, Afro-Brazilian, the Afro-Diaspora throughout the world's journey, music has been a part. And I remember uh, one particular song, man, that uh, touched so many of us and still is relevant to this day. Well, Sam Cooke's A Change Is Gonna Come, man, you know? Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I don't, I, I know I mentioned it before, but I don't want to put you on the spot. I know how that feels, you know, when you're trying to, but if, if you had a moment or if it's touching you, brother, I'd love to, to share your artistic positivity and message to my positivity posse, man. Absolutely. I would absolutely love to do just that. You're going, oh man, thank you, Chris. I was thinking, <laughs> you know, should I do the full version or do the abridged version? Like just a hey man, whatever your feel chorus. Um according just... to according to what's going on on this feed, people okay. are saying full. I, I haven't seen oh. spell so many times with exclamation <laughs> points. <laughs> All right. Well, you know. This, I'll tell you a funny story about the first time I performed this song, and this is going to be an opportunity for me to kind of exercise my inner demons. But um, you're probably going to go, "What was he talking about?" A few, like a year ago, um, I was invited to participate on a show called Showtime at the Apollo. Do you ever remember that? You remember that? Oh show? yes, brother. Yes. And they did like a con contestant version of the show, and I was a contestant. And I flew my family, they flew my family up and we, they filmed everything. They told the backstory just like they would on uh, Dance with the Stars or any of those other contest shows. And believe it or not, part of my song, I chose A Change Is Gonna Come. Wow. Into Getting Over You. The irony of it all is that, and I'm getting everyone riled up and following me on Facebook and, you know, tune in, tune in, tune in. They never aired my episode where I appeared. They aired oh. the episode, but they cut my part out. Okay. Okay. Reason. Oh, let's see. Well, they're lost. So, yeah, they're lost. But the beauty of now is that now I have the chance to sing it on your show with Come millions of millions of people watching. Well, you know, hopefully, right? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have an exclusive debut, is how we used to say. Yeah. How's that sound gonna? Sounds good, brother. I was born by the river in a little tent. 
Just like that river, Lord, I've been running ever since. It's been a long, long time coming, but I know a change is going to come. Oh, yes, it will. It's been too hard living, but I'm afraid to die. Cause I don't know what's up there beyond the sky. It's been a long, long time coming, but I know a change is gonna come. Oh, yes, it will. I go to the movie and I go downtown. Does somebody keep telling me don't hang around? It's been a long, long time coming, but I know a change is going to come. Oh, yes, it will. But then I go to my brother and I say, Brother, help me, please. But it winds up knocking me back down oh my knees there have been times that I thought that I couldn't last for very long but now I think I'm able to carry on it's been a long, oh, it's been a long time coming, but I know oh, a change is gonna come. Oh, yes, it will. Do you mind if I sing it one more time? Hey, it's been a long, oh, a long time coming, but I know. Change is gonna come. Oh, 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 yes, it will. <laughs> oh, come on now. Come on now, Chris. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you Thank so you. much, man. Chris, that right there. Oh, that, that put it in perspective once again, man, the power of music, the power of artistry, and then delivered by, by, by an, a musical, a singer that interprets it this way, man. This was, thank you, Chris. Thank you so much, man. Let, let me ask you thank this, you. Chris. When, when, what, are, what are your feelings of our generation, the young generation right now, out here saying what they want to say, and protesting <laughs> how they want to protest, man? I think it's absolutely phenomenal right 
Absolutely phenomenal. On my drive over here, I saw a whole group of young people and, you know, it's a perfect storm because with, you know, virus A, what we were talking about earlier, we're yeah. home. We're home. We're engaged in our own way. You know, we're not able to do what we're normally free to do. Mm -hmm. So, and we have the internet, we have the power of the internet, we have the power of the people in, in, in its most active and viable digital right. form. So it right. just makes perfect sense that this is a time for the youth of this generation to be able to galvanize and to organize and to strategize and to mobilize in this form. It's a beautiful thing. It's a phenomenal thing. I imagine if I were this young at this age and this is what I had, I would probably be doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's inspiring to see. I mean, I'm in a different place in my life. I mean, I have a lot of variables, so I'm not able to, to protest in, in that form, but it's, 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 it's a phenomenal thing to witness in, in all of its shapes and sizes and colors because you have, you know, the reckless abandon of, of protest and determination, then you have mm -hmm. all the other things on the fringe, but it just, it's indicative of this time and this situation. There's so many layers. There's not one quick fix for it. Yeah, exactly. So, so the expression of that, it's going to come in so many different forms and from so many different generations and so many different people. And it's, it's a beautiful thing when people are refusing to stay silent uh, and believe that if we unite in this form, in some form, in some way, a change must come. <laughs> come on, Chris. Y'all heard it. A change must come. And I believe that's what, uh, that's, that's what Brother Sam Cooke his writing of this incredible classic was all about. We got to keep it alive. We got to keep that positivity in motion and, and, and not be afraid to dream. Chris, you summed that up perfectly, brother. And thank you again for delivering. And I told y'all, this is, you know, proof positive of why this gentleman is one of my favorite singers, you know? Thank you. And um, it's, uh, Chris, before we get out of here, man, leave us with your positive gasoline right now what's your positivity right now brother you know it's it seems so small to say what i'm about to say because but it's something we my wife and i have been meditating on for weeks and weeks mm -hmm. and weeks and when, when i distill everything that's going on in my life and in our in our life down to to this place um i think the simplicity of it is overwhelming and powerful and, and that is, as hard as it may be, as difficult as it, as it may seem, we, I think, as a humanity, are obligated to choose joy. There you go. You know, it's, it seems so small. I mean, there's so much pain. Uh -huh. There's so much, there's so many feelings of being taken advantage of and being afraid and on, on every side, I think racism is one of those things that is fueled by fear. Um, but to choose joy in spite of fear, I think, is, the, is, the, is an avenue to love. Right on, brother. Because right the on. opposite of fear is love. There you go. Right on. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Chris... Thank you again, my brother. Thank you so Thank much, you. man. Much respect to, to all the, I'm going all the way back to the lineage of the musical geniusness of the Willis DNA, brother. 
all the way back. And then thank you for, for sharing your individual originality with us today, man, that you share with the world and have shared over your career. I'm so damn proud of you, man. I have so much respect for you and your journey and your artistry ever since, like I said, 11 or 12 years old. I knew this is what it was going to be. But uh, Chris, again, thank you. Before you go, um, I know you have other things you need to do today, do today, but ladies and gentlemen, you heard it. You heard this incredible journey of, uh, of, of, of I'm gonna say now our brother of the Positivity Posse, Chris Willis. Um, and even though he's not on camera at this time, I know that this energy will last on and on and on. My prayer and my hope of positivity is that you were able, like I always like to say, is that you got some of this positivity on you today. You scuba dived in it, you took a shower in it, you, 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 you took a hot, cut, hot tub dip in it, but the most important thing, when you get out, sprinkle it on somebody else, y'all. This is what we need. And this is what we're trying to give. And every single Saturday and Sunday on the Victor Brooks Show, Facebook Live Quarantine Series. Uh, it was a special day, special day today. Uh, starting off today with OG Kid Frost, an original hip hop legend in so many ways, delivered his journey and his story, um, his ups and his downs. And then we just were, were, were seasoned also additionally with the journey and story and vocals of Brother Chris Willis, um, whom I respect so much. And Positivity Posse, I respect you. I respect you so much. The reason why is because you're not afraid to be positive. You're not afraid to say, you know what? We know negativity is all around us. Yeah, it is. We're not denying that but we're not running from it. We're standing right up to it, face to face, toe to toe and saying, but there's some positivity through hope. There's some positivity through joy. There's some positivity through, through, through the evidence in our younger generation and now even multi-generationally, multiculturally, there's a positivity in seeing this unification, y'all. Yeah, I wholeheartedly believe that it's not a moment, it's a mission. You dig? To me, it's a difference. It's not just a moment in time that's happening right now, but it's a mission that's happening right now. And it's evident every single day. Keep talking to our young people. Keep that gate open, y'all. Young people, step to us. Come and talk to us, especially these younger artists out here, especially my younger writers and my filmmakers and our, and our, and our songwriters, our singers. Ah. Uh, Come on, give us what's on your mind. Give us what's on your heart. We want to hear it. You dig? We love, much love and much respect. Once again, thank you for joining us on the Victor Brooks Show Facebook Live Quarantine Series. Happy Father's Day weekend to all of the fathers out there. My two soldiers, Victor Brooks III and Benjamin Jackson Brooks, I love you. I respect you. Ah. Two of my greatest heroes, my sons, thank you for your journeys. <laughs> Join us tomorrow when that journey continues, when I bring my father, Victor Brooks Sr., on for a conversation of his life's journey. Why I love and respect this man so much, even in now to my 55 years to be blessed on this earth. The lessons learned, the tutelage, 
the foot and the tail when I needed it. You did? It's going to be a great conversation tomorrow, y'all. Keep that positivity going, and we'll see you next time on The Victor Brooks Show.